Welcome back to the Roll Initiative Podcast. Claw and Order Special Cryptids Unit. Dun dun. dun. I'm your DM, Brian. And uh, we're going to get into a, a fun, seasonally appropriate arc this week. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Lawrence Averline. Um Fun fact about Lawrence this week is that Lawrence has a prized possession. You'd think it might be the silver bullet he's waiting to kill himself with, but it's not. It's actually a ticket to a Elvis Presley concert that Elvis died before he could perform. Really fan servicing yourself with that one. <laughs> that, that's wow. Art, art, no, art. but he's also he's lining up the timeline. <laughs> yeah, I, it just happened like four or five years ago. You know, everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. Everyone. See? Re- <laughs> yep, that's a good, good old Ryan. <laughs> thing is this one was actually signed by elvis oh man lawrence doesn't know that it was actually just one of his secretaries how would he get the ticket signed by elvis if elvis died before the concert never got to go to the concert well they were like this is silly they were like two days after the concert he can't speak with that <laughs> <laughs> no no he he bought the concert tickets way in advance like six months and then sent them into elvis who signed them and then he had them sent back you know, this is starting to fall apart. Guys, I'm Eric. I, 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 I'm going to be playing Norman, the normal human. Uh, I was the one that signed. Norman's the one that signed those tickets. Uh, and just so you know, the last three years of Elvis' career was Norman. Eat it, Ryan. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as he started his thing, I knew it. Uh. Well, you're very good, Eric. Or uh, Norman. I can tell the difference though (laughs) I can tell the difference (laughs) Look, everyone could It's not my finest hour It was the best performance check I could muster Hang on, oh fuck, I was looking up a date When did Al Capone die? (laughs) (laughs) No, not Al Capone, the other fucker Never mind Hi, hi Mike I'm playing Mikey His favorite superhero is Superman But he likes Batman Because he does see a kinship with him But he sees he's a little bit too edgy But he he loves Wonder Woman Not as a comic <laughs> <laughs> Roll uh, intro music Roll initiative Roll initiative Join us on our quest Rule initiative. You can never fall to a long rest. Oh, what a banger! What a banger! What a banger! So, when we were last together, gang, you guys cleaned up the end of the who killed Bigfoot investigation. It was Yeti. I'm so sad. Yeti was a bad guy. I don't know. He wasn't always a bad guy. He made a deal with a demon of some variety, but you guys were able to figure out he knew that Bigfoot had met with some other squatches that he had never seen before. He had already made plans to possibly dispose of Bigfoot and then finding out that Bigfoot was making such big moves behind his back without even informing him of these beings that he would be willing to bow down to himself basically snapped him ready to act on something he'd been premeditating for a while, which resulted in the murder of Bigfoot. And then 
the deal he made with the demon caused him to go crazy, become a giant Yeti man. You guys fought. You guys walked away with some goods from him, some bottled spells. A little bit of info into the demons are working in some way to affect this world. Before you guys knew it, you were flying back to base. You guys landed chaos, total chaos. The director was in a meeting with the founders of the collective and was unavailable to you. In their stead, Mothman was kind of running triage on the situation. There was reports going off everywhere, dangerous events occurring all across the country. They were deploying teams all over the place. Even in the facility when you were there, there was multiple cases being brought in at one time. Mikey and Lawrence helped to do a wearbore in the lobby. Norman had to help an investigation, interrogation of what seemed to be a Japanese Kappa, which was weird because never seen one actually here. And you guys were gifted a wide variety of treats from the Tanuki triplets. They were able to deduce Lawrence's cursed pistols that he had found. And you guys were immediately dispatched on your next mission. You guys decided to head south towards the bayou, deal with some baddies. I love dealing with some baddies. Bayou baddies. You born born on the bayou. bayou. Eric, we can get that, right? I'll make a completely legally distinct version of it that... Uh, I don't want to promise this, that I'll put here. Born I regret my decision. <laughs> I don't. We don't even know anything but those words. <laughs> Let's talk mechanics for our next arc here before we get into it. This one's going to be very similar to regular D&D. It is regular D&D. We're just going to use a sanity mechanic because we're going to be doing something that's a little bit more dark, spooky for the season. As you guys will see on your character sheets, I've given you all sanity scores. Everybody's is sitting at 90. What we're going to do is when you guys come up against things that over the course of me writing it have deemed worthy of a sanity check, you're going to make a wisdom save. It's a rather low DC for most things. If something's really fucked up, you see the DC will be slightly higher. Every time you fail the sanity check, the DC is going to go up one. So that it becomes a DC 11 for you because as you're going more insane, it's going to be tougher to keep your sanity. Ah, uh, no, it's going to be fun with a wizard with zero. It's going to be fun for you. <laughs> oh man. All right. It's going, to be, it's going to be okay, Mike. It's going to be okay. It's going to be great. Actually. I like this. <laughs> there's some, there's some fun stuff in here. So whenever you fail a sanity check, you're going to roll a D8 and then subtract that from your overall sanity score until you get down to 60 points. And then we're going to start rolling on the madness tables that I've made up. So it'll be like short term madness from 60 to around 40. And then from 40 to about 10, you're going to be looking at long term madness Once your sanity is eroded all the way down to the single digits, the things you'll be rolling for are indefinite madness. Jesus Christ. Things that are going to affect the way you're going to play your character, essentially. Like, um, maybe maybe retire them, kind of. There There are ways that these things can be healed, but they are not the easiest things to come by. A lot of this is going to be like, um, like in your guys' role play of it, you know? 
Uh, some of it's mechanical and some of it's like, how do you want to role play it? What's the, how great can you make it? You know, there's one in here that makes you want to eat strange things, dirt, poop. <laughs> like, like, pica? Like, <laughs> it gives you, it gives you pica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the long term, the long term <laughs> role for pica. Roll for pica. Uh, the long term <laughs> table. Which thing do you like to eat? Is it hair? Oh man! Uh, I turn into an earthworm and, and satiate my desire for dirt. Hey, some some people with pica love eating earthworms too. So it, it, it's so much worse for Norman because he, he, he really could just end up burning a wild shape to turn into an earthworm because he's like, I just want to eat so much dirt. I'm prepared. Once you have eroded your sanity down to the long-term table, these are more of a broader character vibe in most scenarios, less mechanical in battle and more strange for your character. There's some bad ones in here, and then there's some funny ones. There's one in here that makes your character terrified of being poisoned, so they will just refuse to take any potion until... That's hilarious. Until the until the time is expired. There's one in here that makes your character hostile towards all NPCs. I just realized what that means. That means if somebody else is like, here, take this health potion, you're like, no, I'm okay. I have two health. That's fine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> Trust me, I'm better off without it. Yeah. What do you why why do you want me to take the health potion? Because you have two health. Yeah, it's fine. Why, you seem really aggressive about it. Burn all my spell slots on healing. <laughs> There's a very devastatingly small bracket in here that would make your character only able to rhyme for the remainder of... <laughs> oh, I would die. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with the word bracket. That's, that's the part that I'm focusing on. It's more... No, he's saying it's more than one. It's a challenge that Norman could rise. You're rolling a D100, so oh, it's smaller I, than most of the other brackets, but... I would love to do that one. Well, then, I, you love the word bracket. I, 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 was, like, I was like, the only person who's gonna like this one is, is Eric. Is Eric. And it... And it would be a nightmare for Ryan, and I think I think I think Mike would get by on it. Uh, oh. I'm almost neutral. You could do it. You would not talk as much, but you could do it. <laughs> I would just have to embody my old friend, the demon Etrigan. No, that's exactly what would happen. I would. Oh, he even did it while I was talking. I fucking. I would. I would do it. I just wouldn't be happy. <laughs> I would not be able to. I, I could do it, and I could be happy, actually. I just was, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't talk very much. It's a much. task I could do so easy, it'd be done easy squeezy. <laughs> I'll give you that. You just rhymed easy with easy squeezy. I rhymed easy with squeezy. I just used easy again to not have to think of more things to put in between it, so it's technically rhyming. Yep. So if you get all the way down in the single digits of your sanity meter... <laughs> Does the rhyming have anything to do with the sanity meter? Do I have to start <laughs> rolling for sanity the more rhymes I hear? Yes, if you feel like that you're going insane from the rhymes, you can call for a self-sanity check. Anytime. <laughs> At any time. At any time, uh, if uh, was to call for a self-sanity check, you're more than welcome to. That's some real Caldwell-ass shit. You know, you will be punished accordingly. <laughs> the last stage is, in the single digits, the indefinite madness table. This is stuff that your character would have forever. 
if he's <laughs> never if, if they're never if, if they're never cured of it these are mostly i love this so much these are mostly overarching devastating guys i'm sorry it has to be this way that's all i can do and it's all i can do. <laughs> uh, person- personality flaw changes for your character those words are so perfect together there's stuff in here that makes your character into um, an absolute thief. Uh, like it suggests okay. that you keep you keep whatever you find. If you find something, you keep it. Finders keepers, losers weepers. Mm-hmm. There's one in here that gives you a god complex. Mm. That would be scary for my character who's a demon ish. Or me, who would start thinking that I'm supposed to absorb all society. Oh my god, it's honestly scary <laughs> for everybody. There's one in here that gives your character visions of their death in the future, but they're ever changing and you wouldn't know as to whether the things the things you're doing are changing the future or what the fuck as to whether your visions aren't actually real or not. I, oh, These are meant to make uh, you feel uh, insane. I <laughs> it's working in real life. Jesus. There's one in here that makes your character think that the only way they can get people's attention and be interesting is to lie and exaggerate about all their stories. Oh my god. I would hate that one. I would multi-class fired if I got that. Yep. I mean, I I say that, but then I'm like, yo, I'm playing an Italian-ish Jersey guy who's like, oh, yeah, like, I know how this happened. Like, I would just make, yeah, I, I could work with that. My favorite one on here is your character develops a split personality that is the exact opposite of your current personality. Jesus. This is awesome. That's rough. I love all of these. I love all. It's reminding me of like, uh, whose lines in anyway? It's like all of a sudden it's like, oh, here you go. Here, we're just going to throw this into your fucking role play. What can you do here? That's kind of how I felt about it when I was looking through it as well. I was like. You guys, as a team, have a great advantage in a horror campaign without ever knowing that I was going to run a horror campaign because I'm just kind of fucking like throwing shit against the wall as we go here. Eric never knew he was going to need passive perception, except for the fact that he just doesn't like being surprised by stuff. But he's got 18 passive perceptions, so like it's tough to get things by him. Ryan now has... Oh, get the drop on me. Lawrence now has an invisible dog that barks when people get close. It's going to be not the easiest thing to wear down your sanity. But if we do, some of these prompts are going to be very funny. And it's a lot of getting interesting role playing. Like you said, whose line is it anyways out of like characters that you guys have been playing for a little bit now. You are going to have the option at short resting to use your hit dice and roll them and add that back to your sanity meter as opposed to your health if you'd like to. Interesting. If you've had an expressly trying time on your mind and not on your body, you can take that time to meditate on your self as opposed to healing your wounds. What a good way of putting that. A trying time on your mind as opposed to your body. If at any point your character goes all the way to zero sanity, your character's going to go into a mental breakdown fugue state where you're going to roll death saves. If you lose all three death saves, your character's mind will be shattered, irrecoverably unsavable. If you succeed your death saves, you will go back up to halfway, 45 sanity points. You've been to the bottom You've crawled back up. That's basically it. Don't get to zero, guys. <laughs> I'll be fine. I just want to quote myself saying I'll be fine now. And I pet my dog to restore sanity and then, like, make it detrimental to my teammates. What? 
Why would that be the alternative? Um, all right, all right. So here's how it would make you upset. His dog is invisible to everybody but him. All right, so he's just acting a little weird. Mm. We are good to start then. Roll intro music again. <laughs> roll music. This time with Tactical Bear. Actually, just roll <laughs> Tactical Bear. <laughs> Plotting out my Tactical Bear. Tactical Bear, Tactical Bear. Tactical bear. You can summon him anywhere. Tactical bear, tactical bear. He's got soft and floofy hair. That's a good beer crack. All right, so you guys are on the plane, landing in Louisiana, not near New Orleans. You are deeper in the country. You know this to be bayou area, smaller towns around here. Lawrence, you have actually been down this way before in this specific area of Louisiana. There is a, another werewolf legend similar to you being the dog man of Michigan. They have their own legend in Louisiana. The Rougarou is the wolf man of the bayou. And you have met him before in your pursuit of finding your dad's pack. Brought you down here chasing wolf man legends. You found the Rougarou, and he was not of your dad's pack. You were a little bit younger back then, not as angry and just about killing werewolves as you are now. You and him decided to just kind of part ways. You did not end that mission with a kill. You guys having not gotten a ton of info because of how chaotic it's been. You guys didn't get the dossier you got going into the Frogmen mission mm-hmm. or the information you got from Skunk Ape. As you arrived for the Yeti mission, you're flying in a little bit more blind. You know that there are missing townsfolk from the Bayou town. You know the town is called Greensport. It's a very small town. Most towns in this area, they're all basically some kind of port. They're all on the Bayou. They all have boats. They all have smaller houses, a lot of houseboats. Very slowed down style of living down here. You guys arrive at the airport, flipping through the little bit of information they give you. It's already nighttime now. There's rain falling in the sky. There's a bit of a storm that's rolled in. Mm. You look into town and you see bayou homes, thinner bits of wood. It's a lot hotter down here. There's a lot of windows. Not all of them are in the best upkeep. The pilot basically informs you that he's got other people to fly around but that there was going to be an agent here to meet you in town. When we're like looking at the uh, these rundown shacks and stuff, uh, Lawrence is just going to lean over to one of the guys and be like, you know, Elvis used to live in one of these kind of things. <laughs> uh, they're called a shotgun shack because you could shoot a scatter gun and not hit a single wall in the building. How is that possible? <laughs> With the rain falling all around you guys, a crack of thunder, a little bit of lightning illuminates everything around you for a moment. You see standing out at the edge of the airfield for just a moment, the little road that leads into town. There's just one figure standing out there in a raincoat. You see them for a moment and the lightning disappears and so do they into the dark. Was it was it Frank? It's not Frank Zapper, unfortunately. Frank, Frank, as you guys know, can't leave Cleveland Mm. or Ohio in general. He's probably, if he got that vacation, he's visiting the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the seventh time right now. (laughs) But you guys see this figure in the raincoat all the way out at the edge of the airfield. It's the only person you've seen so far. 
They're just kind of standing out there by the road. Looks like they're waiting. I say we confidently stride forward. Yeah, we know where we're going. You guys stride up on this figure. They're considerably shorter than the rest of you guys. You're talking probably in that five foot six, very slight body and frame. That's super short. Five six to five eight. Yep. Super short. Very short. Very short compared to you guys. You guys are all pretty tall. Yeah, I know. I couldn't imagine somebody that fucking short. It's like it's like so short. Yeah, basically like a manlet. Yeah, basically be fucking midgets. Thanks, Ryan. Hey, hey Ryan, can I just ask you a quick aside? <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> it was on purpose, just so you know. He's being a dick. So this slight figure in a raincoat is just kind of standing there as you guys walk up. Whoa, you're so short. <laughs> person, person looks up. Why'd you leave? Why'd you leave with that? Why'd you leave with that, man? I'm sorry, my friend. <laughs> thinks you're really short. I, I push both of these clowns aside, and I'm just like, Agent Norman, here that says. And I, I pick my hand out for a handshake like a normal person. Yeah, yeah, we need you right now. <sighs> We can't get our shit together. Because I'm Norman, normal human. <laughs> yeah, we need a normal human right now. They reach out. They reach out their their tiny, tiny hand, totally enveloped inside your giant hand, because they're so Why short. They're like, <laughs> it's so, it's so small. small. No, uh, they reach out with their hands. Tiny hands. And shake yours. Tiny, tiny hands. I'm, um, I'm Sean Spencer. You feel the agents all tend to be the same. So rude. Always <laughs> calling me short. I don't know what's come over my partners here. I assure you, they're not usually like this. Hey, I didn't fucking say it. I'll be honest with you. They're not the first ones. Look, man, don't let it get you down. Be a short king. Every time Skunk Ape lands here, he also makes fun of me for being short. I'll have words with him about that. Yes, please. That is quite rude. It is. Unbecoming of an agent. Gentlemen, I don't have a ton of time, unfortunately. The problem here is more than I can handle, and we need to get you directly on the case. I'll be as brief as I can with you. Last night, a bunch of the town's children and teenagers went missing. They just went missing from their beds in the middle of the night. Nobody saw them disappear. There seems to be no trace of them leaving town. The families of the children all seem to have suffered some kind of psychotic break. They're either totally unconsolable, they're just babbling and moaning to themselves. Some of them have gone absolutely mad and ran into the woods in search of the children. Some others, scarier of all, have acted like nothing has happened and they've lost nothing. There's something just innately wrong with all of the families of the children that have gone missing. The rest of the townsfolk seem to be of their regular minds, but want nothing to do with the families that have lost. Everyone seems to be afraid of some variety of evil magic. Down here, they call it voodoo. I'm not, like you gentlemen and other field agents, attuned to magic, but even I can feel the evil in this place. It's suffocating around here. The dark energy draped over this town. 
like a fog, and we don't know even where to start. Some of the townsfolk believe this is the doing of the Rugaru, the local legend of their wolfman. I can assure you, it's not the Rugaru. I tend to agree with you. I have not dealt with him too often, but his legends have been of less recently. From what I've known him to be, is far too civil to stoop to stealing children. Right. He would never. The Rugaru would only kill those who are deserving. He would never pick a... We don't have many other leads to go on at the moment, aside from evil voodoo magic and the Rugaru. We need to find these children, gentlemen. I don't know if this town will survive without us finding these kids, and I don't know if we, as an organization, can even begin to cover up something of this magnitude. As he is saying that, you guys hear a commotion in town over his shoulder and back into town. You watch as a person comes screaming into the middle of the town square. You see them yelling out, The children! They've taken all the children! They're going to sacrifice them! There's nothing we can stop them! You see from afar, a lot of people are held back and hiding. It gives you almost flashbacks to what the frog people looked like in their village. The illusion of the frog people looked like in the village as you had walked through. Everyone's kind of shuttered into their homes, watching as the crazy people in town are running amok and losing their minds. And this person who's screaming about demons and devils and sacrificing in the middle of the main street that runs through, you watch as they take a container of some variety and hold it above themselves. A light start and a giant burst blaze of flame as this person lights themselves on fire. I'm going to rush over and put them out. All right, you're going to rush over and put them out. Give me uh, an athletics check for rushing over. (laughs) 10. A 10. You are going to get over there. They are on fire by the time you get there. You can put them out. It does not appear that there is much left to save. I'm too late. Mm. While you're doing that. Lawrence is going to start like grabbing people who are trying to run away and be like, said children are missing. Where? Lawrence, while you're trying to grab people that are on the fringes and getting away from her, give me a perception check. Okay. Perception. I can do that sometimes. It's 18. 18. All right. Dope. Uh, With an 18 perception check, your family heirloom that alerts you to when members of your pack are nearby is beginning to heat up. As soon as it does, though, I turn into fucking wolf form. I guess I ready myself for combat. All right. You're going into wolf form. Norman's readying himself for combat. Mikey, give me a perception check real quick. Uh, All right. 15. With a 15, you are immediately on edge. You notice the townsfolk absolutely fucking freak out. He was holding two townsfolk in his hands, like trying to corral them and take them to safety and ask them questions about the children when he wolfed out. His hands tear their clothes as they scream and run away. But when you look over at Norman, he had just put out that person who lit themselves on fire, you see the ashen, crumpled body begin to shake and quiver, and you hear the sound of breaking, realigning, as the mass on the ground starts to rise back up. 
the leg comes up first, bends in a way that it would break. Another leg comes up and bends, and then the body kind of twists, rises back up from behind Norman, lets out another scream, and you, with your 15 perception, are able to kind of alert Norman to the fact that this thing is right behind him. I am going to need sanity checks from everybody. That's a 25. 10. 19. A 10 hits it. You're good. Everybody's going to pass on this wisdom saving throw. You guys are all safe on this one. <laughs> Roll me some initiative real quick. Hey, that's the name of the thing. 12. Roll initiative. Play the theme song. A third time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boom, I got a 15. I got a 5. All right, you guys are all going to go before this creature... Lawrence, you are first to move. You are in werewolf form. There is this thing in front of you, but you also have your ring that's still burning on your finger and pulling you just outside of town into the woods. Oh, I'm going to, like, growl, get down on all fours and go... It's your growl. And then just <laughs> dart off towards the direction the, the ring is leading me. We don't need to add the growl in post. He got it on the first try. <laughs> Nailed it in one. Lawrence has left the battle and ran off into the direction of the woods. We will join him in a moment. Norman, there is a screeching pile of burnt body behind you. I'm going to claw it with my primal savagery. 15. 15 is going to hit. It's going to be seven acid damage to the skelly woman. The skelly woman, as you claw through her, your hand turning into a savagely ravaged bear claw with acid on the tips, slashes through, rips bones, the acid just starts to eat away at the already charred skin she has. It's a terrible smell. Yum. Mikey, that's you. Get here with burning hands. Gonna re-burn her. I love it. Throw it. I just went through all that effort of putting her out. (laughs) You know what? No, it's fine. (laughs) Alright, so it's a DC 15 deck save. What's the save throw in burning hands? Deck save, yeah. This lady's not great at decks. She rolled real bad. She rolled four. She gets hit with burning blands. Like a candle wick that had once been lit and put out, she reignites immediately. There's something about the char of cloth that Bear Grylls taught me. Lights Uh again real easy. They call it char cloth. She goes right back up, and there's no vocal cords left for screaming now. It's just this, like, shambling mass of bones and some connective tissue that's just dead up on fire. She's not quite down, though. It turns to Norman, who was the one who kindly put it out in the first place, trying to save its life. (laughs) You see in the rib cage her skull hanging upside down Mm -hmm. and one eye turns and looks at you in the fire and then pops from the heat as the shambling mass of bones runs towards you and jumps at you to slam you. A 17. That's a miss. Norman slides just slightly out of the way as the bones lurch past him, fall upon the ground. Norman, would you like to uh, finish off our pile of bones here? Absolutely. Let me just give it the old primal savagery. 27 to hit. I assume that's good for two acid damage. (laughs) Alrighty. Um, didn't quite do it. Has one health left. I use my bonus action to go eek. Eek. So, uh, very Terminator style. It's on the ground. There's just fire everywhere. It's kind of slowly crawling. 
back towards Norman. Mikey! Don't you feel so bad for it, though? Mikey! Mikey has a flashback to the goats that were just flattened, but still alive. Mikey, can you please put this bag of bones out of its misery? I'll just kick it in the face with my hoof. <laughs> it's Norman's standing there. He thought he finished it off after the claw, and it's slowly crawling towards him still. <laughs> and as one hand reaches out to wrap its fiery skeletal digits around Norman's ankle, Mikey walks over, and you just watch a hoof cave in the skull, and the hand falls flat. I'm rubbing my hoof off on grass and stuff, like, ugh, fucking gross. I sanity checked myself and rolled a 25. I was mildly spooked by the thing not dying when I thought I killed it. (laughs) All right, excellent. Good self-sanity check. So we'll cut away from you guys. Lawrence has... run off into the woods oh, fuck. in pursuit of the feeling of the hot signet ring that he has. It's drawing him towards the bayou. You run into a small stretch of trees and you're kind of immediately disoriented. There's a crack of lightning and thunder above. You see a clearing ahead and a large, hulking, hairy figure standing in that clearing. It takes your primal wolf form almost no time at all to move through these trees. You feel almost at home again in the woods. In the hunt. In the hunt. You haven't been able to do this for so long. You've been working these different missions. It's been a while since you've been hunting down your prey. Yeah, I'm going to the big brown mound and um, I'm trying to attack it. <laughs> the big brown mound of pound? Um... <laughs> You break into the clearing in no time at all. As you break into the clearing, there's another strike of thunder and lightning. You see this hulking, hairy figure turns at the sound of you breaking branches. You leap out of the woods and into the clearing. I knew I smelled you as soon as that plane landed. It's been a while, Lawrence Aberline. Uh, it's really hard for me to do the voice for it, but... Yes, it's good to see you again, Lawrence. I hear you're killing kids now. Now, Lawrence, you know that I would never touch a single hair on the head of a child. Now, a child predator, I would tear them apart. But it's my own brand of justice. You know it couldn't have been me. How does my ring feel right now? Fucking hot. But give me a history check. Oh, I can do that sometimes. Uh, 15. 15. Since it's, like, related to your family, we're going to give you advantage. Your advantage would be a nat 20. This is very much things you've experienced. You know he is not of your dad's pack. You've met him before while wearing the ring. It is burning up. You know there has to be a wolf from your dad's pack within a football field of you. I'm going to make a random dive and hope he moves out of the way. So you're going to dive at him? Yeah. If I hit him, it's more like I just collide with him. But if I strike something behind him, it'll be an actual claw attack. So you dive at him. Give me an athletics check. Oh, boy. Athletics. That is a plus zero. So, uh, ten. Right. And then I'm going to do a check for him. Great. Next check for my boy. Right. Oh, I bounce right into him. He sees you coming and attempts to move out of the way. Well, what are you doing to me? And then you hit him, knock him over. What was that about? Why'd you just attack me? Uh, that, that was supposed to 
you were supposed to move out of the way. How old have you gotten? Old, man. I Like, the reflexes are not what they used to be. All right, quiet. Something's here. I'll take a deep breath in. Like, uh, smell. Yeah, you're right. Something is here. I brought someone with me. Or, I guess you would call it something with me. I already dislike the sound of that. Yeah, I don't fucking love it either, man. So, it's probably easier just to show you. He stands up, moves out of the way. Another crack of thunder and a flash of lightning illuminates the little clearing you're in. And across the clearing, pinned to the tree with a large silver blade stuck into its throat and one into its abdomen is a large, squirey, muscular frame to it is a silver werewolf that's been stabbed through by these two blades pinned into this tree. You see ragged, raspy breath. Looks like it's struggling for its last little bits of life. Mm. How long have you held her here? Well, I found it a couple days ago. I've been tracking it around because I don't take kindly to other wolves in my territory. And then I lost it for a day or two. And then the kids went missing. People were inherently going to blame me for it. So I was able to track this wolf town, if that's what we were going to call it. Lawrence, I'm telling you, this is not like any wolf I've ever seen before. I can smell your fucking daddy stink on it. It's evil. Your daddy was evil, but this is a different kind of evil. Malicious, it's dark, this thing. I don't even want to call it a wolf. Look at what it bleeds. It's not even regular blood. It's this black tar. Lawrence is going to pull out his cursed pistol and give up 3d6s of hit die to hit this thing. All right, roll the 3d6s of hit die to fill up the charges in the pistol. 12. 12 charges. All right, so you're down to 11 charges now. Give me an Arcana check with advantage. That's a net 28. Again, Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right, you've never used these things before. Nope. As you charge them with your own blood, you bite into your own shoulder and tear at your own flesh, open up these large wounds that allow the blood to drip down your arm. It is almost drawn with magic into the cylinders. You feel the guns. They're almost reacting to this wolf. A fiery, distinct hate. I rolled a 20. You rolled a 20. That's going to hit, so you can roll 3d8 damage. Oh, yeah. 3d8. Okay, it's uh, 17 damage. Alright, so you rolled 17 damage. Your guns both fire off at the same time. You pull both these triggers and you watch as these bright red projectiles fly out of these guns and you see in the air spinning almost demonic runes and curses. You feel a pull from these weapons. Give me a sanity check. Okay, wisdom. Wisdom save it. Six. Six. You're going to roll your D8 here and lose a bit of your sanity but you're also going to just unload into this person. So roll me the D8. Roll D8. Uh, eight. All right, so you're down to 82 on your sanity score, and your DC for your sanity saves is now an 11 instead of a 10. Okay. Lawrence has a moment of the guns are using the scenario that you're in the reaction they're having to take control of you for a little bit. You still feel and hear the sound of these guns going off over and over and over again. As your eyes start to clear of 
this bloodlust, this red that you were seeing, you look across the clearing at where you were shooting. There is almost just fur and blood left. You have filled this thing absolutely full of bullets and left almost no recognizable shape. Uh, I'm going to check my ring. It is cooling off. <sighs> I'll shift back into human form. All right, as you're doing this, Norman and Mikey, what would you guys imagine you're doing after you've gotten rid of the zombie skeleton lady? I feel like the next logical conclusion would be to see where Lawrence ran off to. You guys move in the direction you saw Lawrence run. You hear the guns going off, and you hear the guns going off a lot. Yeah, that sounds like something we need to be part of. I'm going to start making some haste. Mikey, maybe you should get up high. Oh, start flying. All right, so Mike takes off above the tree line. Norman makes his way through the woods. It's pretty easy to head in the direction of a man who is just shooting thousands of bullets. You burst into the clearing, Norman, as you come over the top of the trees, Mike, and look down into it. You guys see Lawrence has stopped firing the pistols. You see that there is another werewolf in the clearing with Lawrence and that the direction Lawrence is facing, there is just a bloodied outline. Fur and gore and viscera all over a tree and the forest floor around it. Yeah, Uh, Lawrence is actually going to walk past Brugaru, slump against the tree and slide down. Tilt his hat forward, still wearing the Stetson, even though it's damaged from episode one or two. Uh, the the Tanukis have fixed the Stetson. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Since Lawrence has decided to keep quiet, Rougarou would turn to you guys as you appear into the clearing as well. He wasn't really expecting to see other people. His previous run-ins with Lawrence, Lawrence had worked alone. All right, guys. All right, gentlemen. I am just the local wolfman. I am known as the Rougarou. I have come here in an attempt to clear my name. In doing so, appear to have lost my only suspects. Lawrence is going to tilt his hat up. Looks like you only see one eye at the gang and just say, he's cool, guys. You don't have to worry. I can put my pendant back in my holster. I'm going to turn into the an actor I formerly took the form of back in the day and just be like, you have some splaining to do. Completely <laughs> distinct. All right, guys. I'm glad we are all calming down a little bit. Um, Like I was trying to say, I had brought who I thought could be possibly the kidnapper of the children. And Lawrence appears to have suffered a small mental episode and proceeded to murder them with extreme prejudice. Does seem quite extreme. (laughs) I will admit that they may have been family. There is that, but, you know, I would have really enjoyed if we could have heard their side of the story. <laughs> can you guys uh, give me Can you guys give me perception checks real quick? 20. Double 20. 16. Wow. I'm going to do my disadvantage because I'm brooding. Ooh, double nat 20s. All right, Mikey gets it all then. As Rougarou and Norman are talking to each other, Norman's in his legally distinct sitcom character, actor's body going, you got some splaining to do. Rougarou is trying to explain himself. Lawrence is leaning against a tree with a hat jerked over his eyes. 
Mikey is flying above, slowly settling down to the ground to join the conversation. His head's on a swivel. Mikey has seen some shit already tonight. Ultra aware of his surroundings at the moment, which is good because his team is currently preoccupied. Mikey hears a sound and looks over towards where the shooting victim was. You guys would have never known they were a werewolf because you weren't here before they were absolutely decimated by bullets. You knew you saw the fur and everything like that, but you didn't know they were a wolf. Mikey's looking at the tree and the blood on the tree looks like it's starting to boil. It's starting to bubble. Mikey watches as the surface of the tree starts to split. Through that split in the tree, he sees bony, black, clawed hand push its way out and wrap itself around one side of the split. And then another set of bony, black claws pushes itself out next to it and wraps itself around the other side of the split. As he's watching, the blood that's on the ground and on the tree is starting to boil and bubble and float into the air. Can I just start fucking swinging at this thing? You're already decently far away from it. It's across this whole clearing. You could shoot into it with spells if you wanted to. Yeah, uh, I'll just Eldritch Blast this motherfucker. I'm, I'm scared of this. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't like it. You shoot an Eldritch Blast across the clearing. Roll an attack for me. I mean, this man just took the spell sniper feat, so he's got 240 foot distance with this Eldritch Blast. 21. A 21. Your Eldritch Blast slams into the air in front of the tree where this blood was starting to collect and bubble and float in the air. Hits this blood that's pooling in the air and shoots everywhere. Everyone hears this splash and small spell-like explosion. And they turn, they look across the clearing. Through this mist of blood, the two hands rip the rest of the tree open far enough for this skeletal black lava glass wolf head to emerge from the tree, pulling itself out. It's got darkness just dripping off of it. After the blast from Mikey, it looks at all of you. Howls runs off into the woods. Oh, what? Everybody can give me a wisdom saving throw for a sanity check. 16. 20, dirty. A 5. That one finally got to Mikey. Roll me a D8 real quick. Skeletons, okay. Werewolves, okay. Skeletal werewolves popping out of trees, not okay. Yeah. All right, so you only have to, you only have to take two off of your sanity score. You're down to 98. Or, uh, sorry, 88. Having just experienced an absolute waking nightmare. I'd like Lawrence. It's me. Give me a history check. But boom, 13. A 13. Your ring is still warm. Generally, when you kill a werewolf of your dad's bloodline, it would ease the feeling of the ring you know there's still something alive in these woods somewhere you're not done yet how did it feel when undead werewolf came out it stopped burning and it didn't reignite when the undead werewolf came out 
you could deduce from that the undead werewolf is no longer affecting whatever kind of magical detection system is on the ring. Whether that means it's no longer of your dad's pack, or whether that simply means that it's no longer alive, you don't really know the answer to that. Mm, okay. Now the 13. How much of is actually left of this one that I've shot to death? Generally, I would say that this is just a splattering of gore, but I know that you have taken a spell that you would probably like to use, so I'm going to give you a shot to have enough of what you need. Okay. So if you want to roll an arcana check, yeah, roll me an arcana check to see if you can find enough of this corpse to cast the spell you want to cast. Alright, Arcana. That's two net ones. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna use my reaction to cast Silvery Barbs to re-roll that again. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gotta... Alright, that's a 25. Jeez. At first, you bend over and start sifting through these entrails with your hands, letting it fall through your fingers, looking for something big enough to cast on. I'm reassembling the skull. <laughs> You're like looking around and playing with entrails. Winston, from the book, notices you doing this, and you just hear, in the bushes, mate, in the bushes. You instantly look over and you see in the bushes close by the tree is the lower half of this werewolf's jaw and then a scattering amount of some of the upper portions of his skull. Would you like to sift through a dude with the Rougarou? <laughs> I could do it myself. The Rougarou in the background is like, yeah, that is not my style. I will... <laughs> Uh, I am, I am a bit, I'm a bit of a, a swamp hunter, but this is foul. What I am watching. This is why I work alone. Oh, hey, no, I can help you with that. <laughs> and I just happily dance through the entrails. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm gonna like finally put the skull back together, set the jawbone back in place, and then I'm just gonna take Winston, open him up lay him on the ground in front of the skull. I was imagining that Winston could fly into the body and talk to me that way. He gains the memories as long as he's in the body. I kind of dig this. You put the skull down and Winston's talking to you through the book. This is your first time casting this spell. You use some of the entrails to kind of make a magic circle around the skull that you've reassembled. The Rougarou is just like, this is so foul. Rougarou, you can leave if you want. We don't need you here. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I will see this through. Uh, you just, you work in uh, different ways than myself. But he kind of like slinks back to a tree. You finish making this circle. But before I actually cast the spell, I'm going to turn to everyone and say, we've got five questions we can ask this thing. If we want to find out who's killing these kids, we have to make them count. All right, let's spend the next 15 minutes talking about what we're going to talk. Uh, ask it. So wait, if uh, if I ask you a question, does that count as one of our questions? 
Only if the body decides to answer, like in that movie I saw once. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has not cast the spell yet, so. Damn, I should have waited then. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did it on purpose. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, are you ready to cast the spell? I don't have any questions, actually, for it. <laughs> you just wanted to cast speak with that. <laughs> you just wanted me to tell you the exposition because you took speak with dead without having to do any of the work for it, right? I didn't get anything yet. Yeah, if anyone could think of any questions to ask. <laughs> 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 well, he said he'd say it through so we could ask a clue for Mr. Rougarou. Oh, yeah, Rougarou, come back. You got any questions for this thing? You are really in the rhyme of the Rougarou thing at the moment. It just feels good. <laughs> you guys want to talk to the Rougarou before you cast the spell? Yeah, we'll have it all prepared first. He is further away from you guys, leaning against a tree. He's gathered his sword. He's got almost like a ranger's swamp person garb, longbow strewn over his shoulders as well. Looks like he's built for the swamp. Checking on his equipment while you guys are preparing for your, your speak with the dead spell. I do want to turn to Norman and Mikey and just say, alright, look, Rougarou stabbed this thing up against the tree and I killed it. Now, when I cast this spell, the corpse is under no compulsion to offer a truthful answer if it sees me as hostile or recognizes me as an enemy. Can you hide? I could just go behind this tree over here. I don't know how this spell works that well. I've never used it before, but does it require you to be the one that asks it the questions? Can you just walk away and hide somewhere and I'll just be like, hey, quick question for you. Uh, according to this, until the spell ends, you, it specify what you is, but I assume me. <laughs> you is the caster, yeah. It's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we saw, we saw that movie, remember, when... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when the yeah, guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if they intended for this level of shenanigans, and they did not. So it says you have to ask the question. Yeah, it just says until the spell ends, you can ask the uh, corpse up to five questions. Answers are usually brief, cryptic, or repetitive, and the corpse is under no compulsion to offer a truthful answer if you are hostile to it or it recognizes you as an enemy. So how how fucked up was it when you killed it? Uh, I was stabbed in the throat and stabbed in the chest. Do you think it saw you? <laughs> Definitely saw me shoot it in the fucking face. Oh, okay, this might be a little difficult then. Even if it tells you a lie, though, you could still get something out of it. Like, why is it telling you a lie? Because he shot it in the face? <laughs> no, I know, but I'm saying, like, you, you know, you could... I do get what you're saying, sorry, I'm just making a joke. You can still interrogate it and kind of get something out of it, I guess, even if it hates you. Uh... DM, do I have to ask the questions, or can any anyone? I will say for the interest of this that anyone could ask the questions. Winston will answer to the best of his ability, because I also feel like I would use the same rules as that movie you once saw that we all saw that one time. And if somebody did ask something in the background, I would be like, ooh, that's going to be a question. So if I would play that game, I feel like it feels fair that you guys should be able to play that game. Absolutely. I would also say it was so fucked up when you did kill it that to what extent it knew who you were or what you are. Oh, wait, were you a werewolf when you did it? 
I was, and then I turned back into a human. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, this is clearly not a werewolf with a <laughs> Not wearing the same clothes. Well, no, you are wearing the same clothes. Remember, they grow in track with your, were with your werewolf body. Oh, shit. <laughs> I know. I know I am. But you're distinctly not a werewolf right now, so that's a big difference. Did you still want to talk to Ruguru, or do you feel like you're uh, you're ready to ask questions of the corpse? So I have two written down. Do you know about Greenport's children missing? And if the answer is yes, where are they? Those are the two I wrote down. Uh, the only thing I could think of is... Did we ever come up with a canonical name for my dad? Do you know who knows? That's my third one I'm writing down. Er, no, not do you know, because... Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't yeah, ask yeah. it yes or no. Yeah, I know, I know. I figured it out. You don't have to explain it to me after I figured it out. <laughs> I don't believe we do have a canonical name for your dad. I don't think his name has come up yet in the dream you had, and you haven't said it. Yeah, I don't think I... I, I cut this part out of the episode. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a name real fast. Frederick Sid. Can you remove Mike saying Fredrickson? Well, no, that was Lawrence. <laughs> All right, never mind. Uh, I can not only remove them, but I can put them everywhere in the episode so you randomly just hear a really quiet Fredrickson. Fredrickson Aberlean. <laughs> <laughs> Who took the children? That's my new version of that question. Uh, I pulled up a name generator. And... Jamiroquai. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there was like Ishma Ishmael. There was Ishmael <laughs> Mohammed. Frazier, Farhan, Gravon, Lawrence. <laughs> you're already Lawrence, unless you're Lawrence Jr. Are you Lawrence Jr.? Wait, 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 what, what was Frazier's brother's name? Niles. 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 M make him Niles Aberlein. Niles Aberlein, okay. I mean, that's not bad. It works. Jerome. Uh, but my question was just going to be, how do you know Niles Aberlein? Born 1802, died 1854. Or did he? Did he? I beat him to death with a fucking cane. I hope he uh -huh. died. <laughs> nice. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah, right after he bit me, I fucking took his silvered cane and beat him to death with it. Oh, damn. I killed one of my dads once. What's that like? Actually, I know. So. Yeah, yeah. Daddy Tissues, part two. Hey, oh, I would never kill my dad. You guys are fucked up. <laughs> my dad's great. Yeah. All right. Um, while we are doing this, Mikey, give me a perception check. Three. Three? Yeah. <laughs> you are really in your own head thinking about what questions you would ask while these guys are kind of going back and forth. You are not really noticing a lot going on around you. You're just kind of like, question would I ask? And that's all there is to that three perception check. You could ask where it's from. What's the, what's their name even? Look, I don't care who they are, where they're from, what they've done, as long as they love me, okay? Oh, wait. Oh, let me, uh, let me step forward a little. I have a very specific question, but I could try to make it a little more broad, which is does this come from one of the circles of hell? Ooh. That's not a bad one. I'm writing that one down, too. How did you word that? Does this come from one of the circles of hell? I'm thinking of Philagathos. Those motherfuckers have had my dad's back this whole fucking time, and I know it's them Philagathos motherfuckers, but it could be one of the other... 
we shouldn't ask does. We shouldn't get confirmation unless okay. it's what you should do is just say which layer of hell does this come from, and if they just say like I don't know or it doesn't, it doesn't. yeah. Then yeah, you get the yeah. confirmation or the answer, and you only ask one question. Yeah, with no yes or no's. We, we okay. I'll take your lead on that. I'm, I'm realizing this as I'm writing these out. Like, I have the one that's, do you know about the kids? I'm erasing that one. Where are the children? Who took the children? How do you know Niles? And But if they say, I don't know, does that really give you an answer about the children? If they say they don't know, it could just imply they truly have no idea anything about the children, you know what I mean? But what if they do? They could say the same thing. Doesn't the spell say something about not necessarily lying, but they don't have to tell you the truth? They can, like, half-lie? Uh, let me read it again. Or, no, I, think it said it, it's, I think it said it could straight-out lie. Yeah, it, it is under no compulsion to tell the, or offer a truthful answer. If you're hostile. So yeah. I don't, I don't it know. It specify if it's not hostile. Yeah. Oy vey, oy vey. I think we should let the highest charisma person do this. Alright, Mikey, you ask the questions. Oh, I don't have your list, though. Oh, that's true. Can I show him my piece of paper <laughs> from my uh, my detective notepad? If you guys want to ask the questions and I'll just run any kind of checks through Mikey, that's fine. Yeah, just tell me them Just tell me them one by one, Eric, and I'll read them out. I was going to say, I could just type them into the chat and they'll just pop up and you can read them if you want. Yeah. That works, too. Alright, so you guys come over after some time of talking trying to figure out what exactly questions you want to ask this dead werewolf. The Rougarou kind of walks over now a little bit closer because he's interested in what you guys have come up with and what's going to come out of this corpse's mouth. feels weird calling it a corpse because it's really just, at the moment, like a roughly assembled head. Lawrence walks over. He pulls out his, his spell book. Winston's small spectral form rises out of the book. It provides like a light blue glow as he floats around the entrails and you see these red and dark purple runes appear as he steps, speaking the spell in tongues. You guys almost get understand whispers that are coming out of nowhere. He leaps from the side and enters a fairy light, like a foxfire, into the skull of this dead werewolf and lights up the eyes. You can see the cracks where it had been shattered and Lawrence has pieced it back together. You hear these unworldly cracks, splurts and sounds as you watch the bones try to figure out how to articulate themselves so that the mouth of this wolf skull can move even though there's no vocal cords left and a haunting ethereal echo you just hear Winston's voice cough out <clears throat> Oi, I'm in here it hurts, so ask your fucking questions. I'm gonna walk up, take out my pendant, or whatever. We don't have a badge, right? I have a badge. I have a laminate. 
you guys have a fake badge, but you guys aren't with the government at all, but there's a badge for the collective. Yeah, I'm gonna flash it really quickly, and like, also my pentagram, just a little bit, like, you know, trying to bullshit. I'm like, yeah, I'm working for the, uh, the, the, the Bureau. Anyway, which of the nine hells does this werewolf come from? You watch as it roils on the forest floor, turns to look at you, and then there's almost this bony sneer, and you hear this disembodied version of Winston's voice. Oh, not from myself, a layer of hell, but I know my curse comes from a layer of hell. I've heard the name Leg... Legathos. That's what I needed to hear. How do you know Niles Abilene? The skull moves and squirms on the ground. Winston's palish blue light blowing out of them some kind of weird fucking jack-o'-lantern <laughs> and again it begins to speak it do not i'm doing a russian accent now <laughs> i don't bloody know niles i just know my curse my pack comes from him okay it didn't really give us a whole lot yeah not no yeah we are just trying the angles here where are the children deeper in the swamp mate the deeper it seems like there's some kind of large fire an altar built children are there though it's just west of here well that's three well now we know where we have to go can we ask it how did it get cursed i can if you want if anyone else cares i'm the only one that's invested in that hey uh you mind telling me uh how it was that you got cursed grew up on the streets joined a gang i got pretty deep in and fuck if I didn't get pretty high up also. I ended up meeting a bloke. He was the gang leader, but he was more than that. He was a wolf. Told me the next level, he could take me there. I was so deep, I couldn't turn him down. They basically owned me. They basically owned all the kids on the street. And we made a full hack. That's how I got this curse. The, the leader told us about his master, his original pack leader, Niles, only in stories. That's how I came upon the curse. The only other question I would ask is, if they're like a gang, how many are in the pack? Especially if he's higher up, he might know that. Um, that's your last, last question? I'm fine with it. I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing else besides that. Mikey, you're the one asking the questions here. Are you cool with that question? Yes. Hey, uh, in your, in your gang, so to speak, how many are within what you call the pack? The pack is big. There's 40 of a strong. Fuck. Maybe we brought 10 here to the woods. Oh, that's not good. Uh, that is the last question. It's been kind of roiling in less pain than it looked like when it was answering your first couple questions. The cracks in its skull kind of expand and glow even more and then slowly disintegrate and dissipate until all that's left is the floating light of Winston, ash beneath him, as he floats back to the book. Give it a couple of taps. You guys are left in this clearing. The rain still falls. Lightning cracks one time above you, and you see no sight of the wolf skeleton that had run off 
into the night. It's just you guys in the Rougarou. West is the direction you're supposed to be heading. Did the skeleton go west? The skeleton shot directly behind it into the woods. That would have been north for you guys, but you lost sight of it as soon as it was gone. Like, as soon as it stepped out of the clearing, so you have no idea which direction it could have gone from there. Mm. When you when you heard the howl, it was almost otherworldly. It seemed like it was coming from everywhere. Well, Ruguru, uh, you should probably head on home. The agency I work for will probably take care of this. Don't be so quick to dismiss the Ruguru. <laughs> but you guys can talk him into staying. I mean, it's probably useful to have him around. <laughs> I know, I'm just playing antagonistic. He's looking real ranger-like. <laughs> so, uh, Lawrence, how good are you at exploring in the nature? <laughs> My nature is plus five. Hey, Ruger, what's your nature skill at? <laughs> My nature skill? I guess I would put that somewhere around like a, like a plus ten. Jesus. Yeah. Some might say I have expertise. <laughs> the Ruger stays. <laughs> also, he said he was going to see this through. Don't you dare try to deny him that. Mm -hmm. Seems like a nice fella. He's got stakes in this just like the rest of us. Ruguru, if I see you infect one person, you're going down. Lawrence, uh, we have had this conversation before. I have never infected anyone. I am just a swamp man myself who was unfortunately infected. I am trying to live a life of seclusion. I knew the minute that those kids went missing that you were going to be at my doorstep knocking my fucking door down <sighs> and here we are you're at my doorstep my door has not been knocked down because I've opened it out of hospitality to you and you just keep trying to shut the doors brought you one of your daddy's kin Ugh, you got me there Rougarou just turn the doorknob of acceptance <laughs> open the doorway of embrace step through the threshold while everybody's kind of having this gathering moment, watching Rougarou and Lawrence kind of hash it out, can I get perception checks from everybody? Let's hope I can finally do one. We'll see about that. Let's see if I can even do one. Persephone. 13. 18. 18. With a 13, Mikey, you feel in your pocket a vibration. You didn't think the look and feel for a vibration, but this is the pager that your dad had sent through after yours had gone missing. He had sent one through to the Tanukis and they had slipped it into your pocket while you were in the home facility before you were sent back out here. Mm -hmm. You feel your pager going off. You pull it out. It is your dad's number and it just says, Mikey, call quick. Ah, fuck. While you're looking at your pager the triple 18 crew is discussing the merits of bringing the swamp ranger with them on their swamp journey into the deeps of the swamp you guys all hear cracks out in the forest as if something is not trying to hide its presence you just hear this cracking of branches and dead leaves. I like to imagine that like both Lawrence and LaRuguru are arguing and yelling at each other and the first time we hear a snap we both shut up and just look in that direction and that tells Norman to look over there. 
the Ruguru's ears do that thing like a dog would do where they stand straight up and kind of like directionally point where he heard the sound from. And Norman being a uh, shapeshifter as well, as soon as he sees the Ruguru's ears do that, his ears become almost like <laughs> large and dog-like and do the same thing in the direction. So you guys all snap to look to the corner of the clearing where the noise is coming from. Mikey is currently looking at his pager. A skeletal hand emerge from the darkness. It's not the black skeletal hand that you would associate with the werewolf. This is a white, beige, worn skeletal hand. Rotten flesh attached to it. It just falls out, moving Cousin It style, propping itself up on its hand, and starting to scurry across. The three of you are all going to roll sanity checks for watching this dismembered arm scurry across the clearing towards this. Lawrence is going to try to shoot this thing immediately. Double nat 20s, baby. I got a 13. My check is 11 now, so I still pass. Rougarou. Ooh. Oh, Rougarou. 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 Um, loser. Hey, whoa. Back that one up. The <laughs> eight worm. All right, so he only lost one. He's seen this stuff before. Uh, he has not seen this stuff. Actually, it's one of the reasons he freaks out so hard as opposed to you guys. He watches this thing scutter towards the gore and the bile and the bile and the nastiness all over the floor and is immediately back to that what the gentlemen what in the actual fuck is that I'll shoot at it <laughs> oh god I dropped, I dropped my rock before I could throw it <laughs> uh, a 13 and a 9 both you guys miss you pick up a rock Norman and infuse it with magical power, and in fear of watching this dismembered arm just absolutely chuck it into the ground in front of you. Lawrence, you pull out your pistol and shoot. It hits the ground right where this thing was, but as it was running, it leapt with its fingers through the air and lands on the other side of this small explosion of your firebolt going off. It's at the gore and viscera now, very much like Lawrence did. It just starts grabbing as much of it can to its bony, rotten hand. As you see it squeezing, you see a bloody vine, kind of. It's got some aspects of being an actual nature plant, but also it had this look of muscle and tendon. This vine whips out of the darkness in the forest and hooks to the end of this arm that now has a handful of gore and viscera and slingshots it back into the darkness, heading west. I don't see that every day. I feel like at this point we sort of do. Uh, you know, you're right. We do see that every day. Rougarou, I don't know why you're so freaked out. I, I do not see this <laughs> every day, gentlemen. I see gators. I see... Swamp people do some pretty weird things, but 
fucking arms crawling across the ground and grabbing a handful of werewolf guts and then being sucked in. Oh, fuck, it's got werewolf guts. Is that like a major problem? It's not a good thing. Even the tiniest drop of blood into a water source, you could infect an entire goddamn town. Oh, fuck. Oh, my lordy. Um, gentlemen, I generally would not take the lead here, but feel maybe we should be heading in that direction post-haste. Lawrence, can you please dispose of the rest of these remains before something else gets a hold of them? I'm going to cast, I'll just use Cantrip Firebolt to ignite the rest of these body parts. Scoop them all up. Ooh, yeah, scoop them up, baby. Just like a little minor incantation, I just little whisper to myself and they all ignite, kind of like when Geralt lights a candle. I just kind of do a little snap and they, they all ignite. All right, gentlemen, when he has finished with what we're doing, if you can be ready to move, we'll move on me. I'm going to try my best to track this arm. <laughs> uh, how does one track an arm? Are you looking for, like, uh, fingerprints as it's, like, moving? I'm hopefully going to be able to smell the blood that is still dripping from the hand is my go-to for right now. Well, I just had an idea. All right. Though I don't know how well it would work. I was talking to the fellow that hand seems to be in the clutches of. He said that he has faint traces of demonic energy. I might be able to try to trace it if I take to the sky. I believe that having another set of eyes on this would be a fantastic idea. And if you could trace the demonic energy as opposed to me sniffing up werewolf blood all night, that would be a lot easier. Let's hedge our bets and do both. Excellent. So you guys are about to head out. Mikey goes airborne, hoping to be able to detect the demonic presence. Rougarou is tying down his bow, making sure everything's strapped down, ready to run through the woods. He looks to the lot of you and says, Now, gentlemen, we are going to move fast. Time is of the essence, so I am going to move quick. I know Lawrence will be able to keep up with me. Sir Mikey, it looks like, is going to be uh, flying above us. Mr. Norman is... Are you a uh, fleet of foot in the swamp and the forest? I know my way around nature a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'm just a normal human, and then I wild shape into a polar bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he does that sometimes. It's less impressive <laughs> than <laughs> Is there, um, I guess, all right. You are going to uh, stick out like a sore thumb in the forest, but... I roll around in the mud. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, give me a mud check. <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume that is... <laughs> That's survival? Yeah, give me a survival. Boom. 22. Norman gets incredibly muddy. He was this glimmering silver white furred polar bear like he's drinking a bottle of coke <laughs> on the iced polar surface I'm done with that analogy hashtag not sponsored by coke he quickly muddies his fur so as not to stand out Mikey 
would you like to give me an... What are you using to uh, detect this demonic presence? Do you have a spell for this, or are you just doing a uh, arcana check of some variety? Actually, I, I was planning... I, I thought it would just be a check, but just let me take a All look right. to see if there's something specific that I have, which I don't think there is. There is not. So, yeah. So give me an arcana check. I'm going to need a, 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 a pretty decent one. Yeah, I just have my pendant out. I have I pulled it out of my holster, and I'm just holding it like I'm scanning with it as I'm flying above everything. We'll say it's a DC 17 to be able to detect the hell magic. I'll put my two fingers to my forehead then. Maybe that'll assist this roll. <laughs> That's nine. Eric chuckled because he just thought of, like, Goku or someone else putting two <laughs> fingers to their forehead and then teleporting. Get out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> does he put does his, does his one tongue, does he kind of, like, bite his lip and his, like, tongue stick out a little bit when he does it? Because that's what I was thinking of. Like, I'm really thinking of doing this. <laughs> so you rolled a nine, Mikey? Yeah. Unfortunately, it does not beat the 17. You feel your pendant is reacting to hell magic, but it's not giving you a good directional vibe. It's not giving you the glowing hand flying through the forest, I think you were looking for. Yeah, I imagine that my pendant is like flickering and I'm just I just look at it like pound it and I go, Yeah, no, I guess if it's if it's gone through person to a person, the demonic energy is already gone it's so it's it's like three ways away from the hell region. It's gonna be this is a tough call. I'm gonna keep trying though. It's entirely too far separated from Kevin Bacon. Yes. Alright, so the Rougarou is going to take a nature check with advantage and his plus 10. He has the scent of the blood already fully around him. He's already tracked this creature. Now he's just looking for a handful of it. Nice. A 19. With advantage, 23. Oh, 23, yep. So you see him kind of get down to one knee and sniff where the hand had disappeared off screen and off screen um, out of clearing uh, if you were, if this was a video game it'd be off screen but out of clearing I actually like thinking of stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> like out of focus there's something over there I, I sometimes <laughs> do it as screen directions as well now if you had a, a bigger field of view what you would notice <laughs> Uh, Exit screen left, pursued by bear. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to leave him behind, first of all. Lawrence Lawrence is going to see him do that and do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can I roll a nature check as well? Yes, roll me a nature check. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to turn towards Lawrence and just make bear noises at him in his inferior nature check. <laughs> 16. <laughs> 16. It's not bad. You strike a similar pose. You don't look as balanced as he does. You kind of wobble a little bit, put your hand down to steady yourself. He looks at you, and then he goes, you smell it too, right? Let's do this. He turns and bolts into the darkness. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I do an awkward pause and then chase after him. You guys follow him through the swamp. Mikey, I'm assuming you're still flying above. You're catching glimpses 
of the party moving past dead cypress trees. If I'm not getting like a good hint off of this detection, I'm going to stay mid to center to where I think they're going because I'm not going to try to like, wander off. You know where your party members are. You guys have been working together for a while. You could, Your pendant feels their energy pretty easily, and you keep catching glimpses of them moving through the forest as you're flying above them, and you know you're moving generally west. While you are up there, can you give me a perception check? Ah, man. I really wished I believed in something that would make this better so I could chant it. Eight! <laughs> you're looking down at your companions and then looking up back and forth it looks to you like the swamp is almost roiling and alive itself but you're only catching mere glimpses you're doing a lot of double checking and every time you go from looking up to looking down you notice that there's parts of the forest that seem like they're moving and alive almost like there's these billowing tentacles as you stare out into the forest and it catches your full attention, all you can focus on is these what appear to be snakes to you. Give me a sanity check. Wisdom save. Oh, right. Six. God damn it. Oof, you failed another one. So you were at 11, now you're at a DC 12, and I need you to roll me a D8. Boom. You're not taking this too well, Mikey. Three. All right, so you're down to 85. You're still doing all right. Better than Lawrence. Oh, yeah. Better than Lawrence. Lawrence really looked in this, looked into the eye of some shit. I'm, I'm literally half a demon. As you're flying and you realize that these can't be giant snakes, everyone would feel it on the ground, and as you look down, you see them... Finally, they're still running. Nobody seems to be looking in the direction of what you've seen. You look back up and what was like this giant pile of roiling evil snakes has kind of settled back down into this dark and twisted forest. But you still see some of the trees appear to be moving and shaking as if there's something large moving through the forest. And then you look back down and you see your teammates. They're coming up to what looks to be a clearing of sorts. There's less trees here, more water, more swampland. And you see them kind of stopping at the edge as you... I was going to basically... I'm landing next to them anyway. I just want to tell them, yo, there's something up ahead. Something big. Exactly. That's what I said. If it's psychically, uh, it should still be <laughs> if it, No, if it's if it's psychically, I get to put my fingers in my head again, and then pretend <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm talking like Dino Riders to Lone Star. Yes. Lawrence is gonna <laughs> respond in French. I don't know French. What? Uh, my no, that's what I say. What? What do you, I don't know. I don't understand French. I'm not a. What is that? Italian. <laughs> I don't understand Italian. I'm from New Jersey. I'm trying to impress the group, since Ruguru is doing better than me. Listen here, gentlemen. I don't speak your fancy French, Lawrence. Nor do I speak <laughs> polar bear. Just like me, whenever uh, one of my D&D characters says, listen here, I don't actually have anything else to say. I just want to try to say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Mikey lands in 
informs you guys that he has seen something large and appears moving the trees ahead of you. It is pungent here. Swamps are rich with smells to begin with. There is a lot of decay that brings on the growth and the life in the swamp. But that does mean that things need to die here, whether that is plants or animals or monsters or people. And you smell a rot that is stronger than any spot you've been in so far. If I can get some nature checks from everybody, nature or a survival check, whichever one you feel better with. 13. Is there like a god I can pray to to make this fucking me not roll like shit? Oh, oh wait, you know what? Nature god, why not? Nature gods, you know I respect you. Please make me roll good. 13, same shit. Yeah, Lady Luck is the best one to, to believe in. Okay. Lady Luck, baby. I'll use her next. I want to see Ruguru's roll first. Alright, it's rolling shit for a guy with plus 10. Damn it! 11. <laughs> I actually rolled the worst. 11. Ruguru with a plus 10 rolls a 15 for his nature check. Wow, he actually rolled pretty bad. Yep, not great. His other one was a 16. So, with 13s and a 15, you guys are drawn to the edges of the water here. There's this rotting smell, but there's also this sickly sweet smell, almost perfume. Almost a too pungent perfume. As you get closer to the water, you guys look down in. The water is clear-ish. There's a tint to it, this kind of bluish green, and you realize that it's dark. Why can you see the tint in the water? There's some kind of otherworldly underwater glow. You see coming up closer to the surface is the visage of a beautiful young woman, long flowing blonde hair, pointed ears, very elegant, strong but soft features. This beautiful visage of this woman deeper down. Norman and Mikey give me history checks. Laurent, this isn't a werewolf, so you wouldn't have ever dealt with anything like this. Alright, Lady Luck, you have me this time. Lady Luck. Lady Luck. Lady Luck. Seven! <laughs> Lady Luck, I fucking hate you! As a polar bear and as a Mikey, you guys have dealt with cases pertaining to mermaids and stuff like that, but as this beautiful, glowing figure is coming out. You just see her face and her shoulders, the beginnings of her arms starting to come out. As she begins to emerge and look up at you, you notice that what was beautiful skin turns into ragged, harsh, broken bone, extended, warped, transformed, grotesque, and she looks up at you, you watch it scream. And she surges towards the surface and you see bubbles in all the water around you. And all you hear is whispers in the forest. 
and I'm gonna need everybody to roll initiative. Hey, that's the name of the thing. Cue the theme song a fourth time. Mikey saved his lady luck roll for his, for, for, his, for his initiative. Mikey's like, I am not going after any of these fucking ghost things. 19. <laughs> 19. I got a 13. All right, we got 19, 19, 13. Let me roll for Rugi really quick. And then I'll roll for our daddies uh, for next week. Rugi better roll low. That fucking dickhead. Yeah, that's what I thought. Rugaroo's the one who's gonna pull us Ruga through, okay? I love the rhyming still. Ooh, um, you know what? We'll edit this, we'll edit out. No, we're not gonna edit shit. I need sanity checks for everybody. You guys just watch like a uh, beautiful elven lady with a grotesque elongated skeleton underwater. I knew this day would come. I got a nat one for a nine. That polar bear is so <laughs> scared, dude. <laughs> All right, come on, come on. And that's my first sanity fail, yep. so let me roll a d8. I lose four sanity. Now your saves at eleven. I'm not gonna mention which god I pray to. I'm gonna pray to him. Come on, do it. Come on, do it for me. Seven. You suck. Why'd you let me down? Mikey's getting scared. Give me another D8. Ah, I'm running out of gods. They all are letting me down, man. What am I at? I was at eighty-five. Yep. What did I just lose? You have to roll a D8. Oh, oh. D8. Three. I. I I've caught Lawrence. You know, that's the one thing that's nice is that my shitty rolls mean that my damage rolls that I have to perform on myself are pretty nice because they're low. <laughs> I got a 17. I've seen this. <laughs> Good positive thinking. Let me give Rugaru one. Rugaru's not scared. Rugaru can handle this. We'll see. Rugaru. 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 Oh, this all pussy. Rudy failed it. <laughs> you guys are all cowards. Actually, uh, how does my ring feel around this thing? It's about the same heat you felt the entire time. Well, we are set up for next week. This has been our extended intro into our horrorscape horror arc for the Roll Initiative podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for editing, Eric. Bye. Now we need to figure out in what order we're going to introduce ourselves because it's not like a um, a list of people. So mm-hmm. I say what you do, Brian, is you introduce yourself and then you you say like, all right, next. And then you, t- you just say our name. Just be like, all right, Eric, introduce yourself. And then I'll do my introduction. Uh, no, I say we have oh, a no, set. Oh, no, you're doing popcorn? I, I say we have a set. I'm saying popcorn. Brian just tells which one of us to go next, and then when we're done, he tells the next person to go, and then the final I, person. Uh, I say we have I a th- set. I think we have a set. I think Brian goes first because he always has. He's got something figured out already, and then you guys are going to be able to riff <laughs> off of that really, really do quickly. I have easily. All right, I like do that. I, do I have something prepared? Yes. Yes, he does. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, well, you're right. The order. You're right. The, the order is Ryan, Eric, me. Yep. Uh, so I feel like we should start doing this more. Welcome back to the Roll Initiative podcast. All right, I just wanted to say that. We can throw that anywhere in there. <laughs> and now, Jenny is on the stage. I really I really enjoyed that, Eric. That was uh, that was crisp and smooth. Can you, uh, can you hit me with it again, and then we'll start? Like a crunchy peanut butter? Yeah. I'm going to talk about my stuff, and my stuff gets pretty loud. And then I sing, and then I pout, and Craig's a really good pout.